0: i'm okay. a bit confused but i'll figure out as we go just let it happen yeah just, let it happen. just close <laughs> right. your eyes are you guys ready oh god yeah <laughs> eyes are closed he's gonna be right. hello everyone. <laughs> hello everyone my eyes are closed i am blind i have no idea what is going on um all right here we go five four three two one open wide for some soccer Hello and welcome to another edition of Soccer Group Chat. This is a very special edition. It's our second Pop Culture Eleven episode, and in this episode, we are going with the most popular of popular cultures, everybody's favorite topic. Uh, we have two Americans on hand: one actual American and Colin Pasad Jones, one fake American and Adrian Beatty, and they have come up with their best U.S. President Elevens. Uh, so we're going we're delving into the world of politics we are delving into the uh, world of guile and mystique surrounding these legendary gentlemen these legendary political figures uh, and at the end of this whole thing hope who is our other guest here uh, is going to pick his team based on uh, adrian and Conlin's recommendations so if i explained everything right then i will throw it over to adrian now who will go through the guidelines uh, about how uh, these two uh, extraordinary uh, historians picked their squads.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a amateur American and a Wikipedia historian for, but I, I bleed red, white, and blue for this this episode. Uh, we <laughs> want to do these these pop culture 11s regularly because uh, we had so much fun with the Game of Thrones, and just so you can play along, you can make your own pop culture 11, and you can let us know what you'd like to, us to see. So we're going to give you some of our guidelines that we use to pick these teams so that you can join us and let us know what you'd like to see or pitch us your own team, and maybe we'll include it in a podcast. So again, here are the guidelines. The first one, the crux of the game is you think about what the character is good at or what they're famous for. And you think about what that would look like on the pitch. So take Lord of the Rings, for example. Frodo, he's got to carry the ring a long way. His team's success depends entirely on him. That's Wilfred Zaha, obviously. <laughs> so Nice. And, and then the strength of your team is based on the strength of the connections you make, how good of an argument you do. Uh, other than that, we just want to be inclusive. So teams are co-ed. We assume that the character can play soccer. We talked about doing a children's book 11. So maybe we'll do that. Rainbow Fish doesn't have legs, but he can play the, the, the midfield if you want him to. And uh, ages, things like that, will roughly map onto like a, a playing career. So you can put whoever you want in your team. And believe me, we have. Uh, Hope, I mean, you're driving this. You're the judge of these uh, presidential 11s. So I'll uh, pass it over to you.
2: Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, Thanks for clearing up the the rules of this, Adrian. I'm really excited moving forward, especially with how great our Game of Thrones uh, podcast was. And it was totally off the cuff. And now we've got uh, two members on the show that are well versed in American history. Uh, Colin, are you excited?
3: Very excited. I think my team will not live up to expectations if you're expecting a lot of uh, well thought out history and reason. But We've got the intangibles I think as, as I think you'll see
2: amazing For, just just so everyone knows I know nothing about American presidents outside of probably one line banter. I had a Google I have a Google, uh, Google search open of all 45 US presidents described in one sentence. Uh, so now based on what you guys say, how much you guys convince me, how funny it might be, and what I know of these people based on the one sentence that I've read about them. I'm going to form my team, and whoever gets the most players from their 11 into my 11 will win our Pop Culture 11 challenge. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. So why don't we start it off with Adrian. I want to know who
1: is defending
2: your goal between the posts. Who's your goalkeeper?
1: So I think the obvious pick for keeper would be Ronald Reagan because they had, he set up the like missile defense system, but I don't like Reagan and he's too old. I think he's past it. I think he's overrated. I'm going to go for someone else. I'm going to go for the young gun, maybe a bad choice of words, JFK. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, Jack. (laughs) Off to a bad start. (laughs) Um, But, I looked at the stats, the stats being (laughs) C-SPAN survey of presidents from 2017, and they put for crisis management, they put Reagan at number eight, and they put JFK at number seven for the Cuban Missile Crisis. So I think uh, that calmness, that level-headedness, that's what I want between the posts.
0: In the long history of the world, only a few generations... Have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I
2: welcome it. That's you know yeah safe for your sure, safe for your pun. How what an interesting choice. According to the Com, President Kennedy described in one sentence. sentence is that Kennedy is credited with starting the Peace Corps, staying cool through the Cuban Missile Crisis, and with leading the ongoing question of who was on the grassy knoll. Conlon, can you challenge that?
3: I had had FDR in goal. So I think he's a president you absolutely need in your team. He has the longevity, more so than any other president. And we all know keepers can... Get in there at 18 and go till they're 40, and he's one of the few that he has the terms that demonstrate that he'll be there for as long as you need him. I to put it. I know this maybe doesn't go gel with the inclusivity, but you know, to put it kindly, he's not the most mobile of presence. He's not going to be bombing up and down the wing, but he can read the game. He can negotiate with the different personalities in the defense, as you might see later, if there's something that needs ironing out, he's a calm head that can come in and get everyone to listen to him, get everyone to follow what he wants to do and just stay in control of the situation. And that's why I want him in the back, just seeing the whole game and he'll be the starting keeper for longer than most of the other players are even in the team.
0: So, I just want to say I'm here just to uh, kind of learn from this. And I'm a, I've am i already learned more from just the goalkeeper position than I did in all my years of taking history in school. So, uh, so far, uh, great job, guys.
2: Okay, yeah, two different sides of the spectrum in terms of reasoning. Super interesting. Uh, it's going to be a surprise who I pick uh, because there's only one. You, there can only be one. So only one of you will win, uh, the goalkeeper choice. How about we move over to another important position, center backs, Who is going to command your guys' back line, Adrian.
1: Well, my, my vice captain in my team is, uh, Abraham Lincoln. I think obviously if you're on Mount Rushmore, you're in the team. Uh, but the thing about Lincoln is that he had really long limbs. He's the tallest president. He was six, four, and he's also strong as hell. Like he's in the wrestling hall of fame. For real. And there's also a story about him holding an ax out between his thumb and forefinger and holding his arm out straight for several minutes and challenging a bunch of like sailors to do the same and none of them could. So I thought that kind of strength, uh, that kind of ability to hold the team together like he did during the Civil War. That's why I want him at my my back line at the core of the team, uh, really helping solidify that spine. His partner, I went a little bit outside of what you might expect. I put LBJ, so Lyndon Johnson there. I put him, again, he's a big man, uh, but I mainly put him there for shithousery reasons. He (laughs) did a bunch of weird intimidation stuff. Like he used to do handshakes and like lean in really close. So he would like loom over people and he would conduct meetings like in the bathroom while he was taking a crap. And he would just make people come in and talk to them while he was on the John. So I thought, you know, we've got like the stoic powerful Abraham Lincoln and we've got just the, the guy you don't want to stand next to <laughs> Linda B. Johnson.
3: One thing Adrian said, I, I really definitely agreed with. Uh, he said, if you're on Mount Rushmore, you're in the team. And I also agree, you need some rocks at the back. So I've got a pretty obvious choice. I think, for my club captain, he's the general, it's George Washington. He, you know, he helped, he was there at the beginning, he helped take the club up from the lower div- divisions. He was captain, he was the leader. And now that they're in the top league, he, he's the one you want marshalling to defense. He knows the team better than anyone. And he's going to, he's going to take you to the next level and then retire with honors. And then for my other center back, it, it you can't just pick two people that, don't work together. You need a center back partnership. The understanding between the two is just as important as the players within them. So I don't Thomas Jefferson. And I know towards the end of their careers, there's maybe, okay, what did they not like each other? I know George Washington's wife said after once Jefferson was president, that it was one of the worst decisions or one of the worst things to ever happen to America. But you look at all they achieved together when Washington was alive. Jefferson was there in the championship too. He might've been maybe a bit younger, a bit more brash, but they worked well together and they accomplished so much. So I think together, there's still the two you want back there. I also looked at John Adams as a possibility, but you know, frankly, he's just a bit boring. He's a player that's like, Oh, great championship level, but then he gets his chance at the big time and it just game kind of passed him by a little. So he'd be sent back on loan somewhere else, but Jefferson's the exciting one maybe he'll look for the longer forward ball a bit more than Washington but Washington will always be there to mop up Jefferson if needed but together they can just accomplish so much and also I, I have this I think the club are hoping that Jefferson can recruit this French superstar forward Lafayette to the team if needed and that's something they'll especially if they're competing in Europe, that's something they'll definitely need.
0: I don't know how you're going to choose. Hope. these are uh, outstanding arguments on both sides.
1: Now that you've brought up Lafayette, we might need to do a bonus like Hamilton episode <laughs>
2: based on, based on the play or based. <laughs> on real
3: life. it'd be, it'd be kind of tough. Cause but the uh, Hamilton or uh, Jefferson and Lafayette are played by the same person too. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. Um,
2: David digs all over the pitch (laughs) really when you think of center back a U.S. president would be a center back wouldn't he just commanding the team uh, and leading them to glory which not all presidents did let's see who's flanking them just for you guys unless you've thought of something to replace this I am not considering footedness at all in terms of my fullbacks but I am open to suggestions (laughs) based on what you guys bring up so with center backs aside, let's see who is supporting them on the left and on the right. Let's start with Adrian.
1: Well, I, I did consider uh, footedness and Harry S. Truman was a lefty, so he's going to go on on my left back. Nato was founded like during his presidency, so you know he's going to be able to coordinate well with the rest of the defense. Those are my two biggest criteria for him, but I just want to talk about chemistry Um, You know, the latter half of the 20th century, especially the American century, uh, was, you know, basically the zenith of America's influence. So all my back four, four, except Lincoln and JFK, they're all from like late 40s to like 60s, 70s. So I basically put these guys together. They're all in the most powerful time in American history. And I put them with Abraham Lincoln, who they all look up to. So they're going to play with him. They're going to listen to him. I think. So I, I'm not worried about chemistry. Um, the right back who I have mentioned yet is Dwight Eisenhower because he's going to contain threats. He's going to shut down play like the Korean war and NASA was established during his presidency. So he's going to be able to go very high up the pitch.
2: Interesting thoughts. You know, fullbacks have evolved more than probably any position and Rather than evolution, some would say that. US presidents have devolved, if not died as time, as time has passed. It gives me a lot of, that gives me a lot to think about there Adrian. Um, Conlin. Uh, what do you have uh, to counter Adrian's players to get your guys into my team?
3: You mentioned that the fullback position has changed a lot. I mean you know modern fullbacks today, they're expected to be the mainline defense against usually the opposition's kind of trickiest winger. But they're also, thanks because every winger these days wants to cut inside, the fullbacks are also expected to be the ones getting all the way down the line, putting the ball in. They're basically the winger and the last line of defense on the backside. So I wanted to take, you know, a modern president who had to defend and attack. And that's why I went with Barack Obama. And with that, I just have two more words to say. Obama out. He was brought in. At a time, at, at the time, was the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression, and two wars abroad. So you had to defend at home, and attack abroad. And you know, not everything—it's not always going to be perfect when you're asked to do that much. You misplaced the odd cross or drone strike, but in the end, he's doing— he's doing everything he needs to do. He's—he's he's having success internationally and getting it done as much as you can abroad. And he represents that new breed of fullback that I think you need in a team. On my right, uh, right back, on the other hand, I think there is still something to be said for the Lee Dixon style, like back in my day, defenders would defend, I couldn't get up the field, that sort of thing. And that's why I wanted someone who could play well with the center backs, knows, all they're, knows everything they're about. And that's why I picked James Madison, my third founding father in the team. He was also known as the the father of the constitution. So he's essentially written the whole playbook and system that these guys are playing. And so he's the one, you you might have Washington and FDR kind of marshaling the back line, but everything they're doing, the style of play is all coming through what James Madison has cooked up. Now you look hundreds of years later, kind of like the constitution, you're gonna get people saying, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be done, even though, you know, the context is completely different. So like the Second Amendment or tiki-taka, you'll have people who say this is the way it should be done. But, you know, we're not fighting with a militia against the Brits anymore. And not every team out there is fucking Barcelona. So I think in the future, it might, he might have some more negative effects on the team, but as of right now, you want James Madison in there with Washington and Jefferson to get the defense playing the way he wants them to play.
0: Plus one for you missed the odd cross or drone strike.
3: Plus one for that. Or minus one, depending on <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys are you guys are giving me some real options to work for. There's a lot of question marks on my sheet right now. Uh and that is not a joke. I always thought James Madison was an attacking midfielder for Lester, but <laughs> Commons made him a fullback. Um but yeah, that's that gives me a lot to work with, guys. Um I can already see, you know, I know that Adrian's been holding on to his team for a little while now, and I can see the thought and the heart that's going into his choices, and I love it. And as we move to midfield and go after the back line, I can already see the Manchester United allegory Scotland's making through his team, Madison being the Neville to his Ferdinand and Village, Washington. And Jefferson um, guys, this is fantastic. Let's see if this gets better when we get to midfield in midfielders, you know, you have some of the most, uh, the most creative players. Sometimes you have the most defensive players, you know, these guys, these guys are you, your utility knife on the field. Um, and I wonder how Adrian is going to
1: utilize his knife. Uh, that's not a knife. It's a three man midfield. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing a four, three, three. <laughs> so I'm playing a four, three, three. Uh, my man at the sort of bottom of that three is FDR. So I agree with Conlon. The, one of the most notable things about FDR is that he, uh, he lasted for the most terms. So usually presidents, last for two terms. And that's kind of the convention, but because of the crises he was facing, he was elected to a third and then a fourth, even if he died in office. So I want someone who's going to leave everything on the pitch and I want them in midfield. I want that stamina. He's also got the the grit and the personality to lead the team out of a slump, like the Great Depression. So any bad form, he's going to be able to pick the team up. So I really want things going through him. He, in many ways, defined the modern presidency. And I want him to have that level of influence on this team style of play. I've got his, I think, cousin, <laughs> uh, playing left of him, Teddy Roosevelt. Dude's an animal. Dude has so much energy. He's like N'Golo Conte levels of energy. This guy read a book before breakfast every day. He finished his presidency and he was like, I'm going to explore the Amazon. He was like, uh, you know, they were like, we're going to invade Cuba. Cause it's the Spanish American war. And he's like, cool. I'll start my own cavalry regiment. So he's mobile. He's up and down the pitch. He's attacking, attacking, attacking. Cause he was honestly, it's, it's kind of screwed up. He was, he was a real war hawk and it's, it's messed up, but yeah, <laughs> because of his energy and his aggression and I want him in midfield, he's going to add both ways. And again, the Mount Rushmore core, um, I like Conlon's justification for Jefferson at center back, but I put him in, in midfield because of his awareness, his head's on a swivel. He invented the swivel chair. So he's, he knows what's around him. Um, He's going to open up play. Like he opened up America with the Louisiana purchase, right? So he's, he's going to have distant, he's going to be able to do it close, you know, at home in Virginia. Uh, He's the kind of creative heart of the, of the field there. Those are some
2: fantastic points and very interesting to, for you to tell me that you're playing a midfield three. I don't know if I'm going to play a midfield three, um, but you've definitely made a good case for your players making my team. Um, Conlon, what do you see in your presidential 11's future in midfield?
3: I went with sort of a, a formation overall being kind of more of a 4 2 3 1 kind of with it. I had a DM, a center midfielder, and then more of a center attacking midfielder number 10. But I'll I'll start with the DM. I have LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, for a lot of the same reasons that Adrian had him in defense. You know, he's big, he's strong. He gets in the heads of opponents. He used to research, you know, every senator, every representative, and would just kind of know what pressure points to go at. He's the one in there. He's chirping all the other players for getting arrested off the field or something he's done on the field, fought 10 years ago in a lower division. He knows everything. And he's going to get in your head. And I want him kind of in that Roy Keane, Vinnie Jones, kind of just midfield the story. This guy's going to mess you up, like hard tackling, getting the ball back. But the only reason I don't have him in defense, because like I like the, the all those physical attributes make sense, is that Adrian touched on it. He's crazy. Like he, he's slightly insane. He's going to he, hold meetings in the bathroom. And I'm not sure this is someone you want kind of anchoring your defense. He, he couldn't get out of Vietnam. He was stuck in Vietnam for ages and you don't want him. You don't want your center back stuck, you know, 50 yards up field, not dealing with the problems back at home. Whereas in midfield, he can, okay, maybe he gets caught a bit too far up the pitch, but you had the founding fathers behind him to mop him up, mop it up. So I I think, His size and strength will be great as a midfield destroyer, but you don't have to worry about him kind of losing his position a la David Luiz in the back or something. Up ahead, I have a a midfielder. So this is kind of center mid. To put it mildly, he's not the most exciting president. It's uh, Chester A. Arthur, one of Vermont's own. And he was actually ranked as the least memorable president. But... What is one thing like every title-winning team has? You always have that one player, who everybody forgets about. But then, if you talk to people who support the team, it's like, oh, he's actually really good. He's underrated. He's whether he's you know Michael Carrick or Darren Fletcher, to use, he's not going to be. He's not the most exciting, but everyone kind of respects him, and he quote puts his head down and just gets do- uh, just gets on with it. You know, pun- old British pundits will love him. Your dads will love him. He's not going to be winning any headlines, but it's a core component of any team is that you have this one guy you always forget. And then when you remember, it's like, oh yeah, he won a Premier League title. And that's Chester A. Arthur. He's that guy. I think I had a quote from him. So said, no man ever entered the presidency so profoundly and widely distrusted as Chester Alan Arthur. No one ever retired, more generally respected, alike by political friend and foe. And this is by a journalist that I don't think anyone's ever heard of. So my point is, people that you've never heard of that really know the game are going to love this guy. And he'll always be a person that was in the team. Not, not going to take you out of your chair, but you need a player like that.
1: Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, it's a journalist. No one's ever heard of a Bob Woodward.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe you have heard of Alexander McClure. Oh, yeah, I found, it on, you, found that quote on Wikipedia. And- you might remember
0: him from such publications. As-
3: <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the main, I put him in there because I needed a guy from Vermont. So it was either him or Calvin Coolidge. And there's a really kind of creepy hotel nearby called the Hotel Coolidge where I grew up. So I didn't really want to put Coolidge on the team, honestly. The more I look at Chester, I say the more he just fits that mold of a player you would always have in your team. My center attacking midfielder, the playmaker, he's kind of the talisman of the team. Abraham Lincoln, he's going to, he's the player. He's going to try to bring in as many people as he can into the game, with his passing. I I have it in my notes here to compare him to another great man, Bruno Fernandez. Well, not every pass (laughs) will hit its mark or every piece of legislation be popular. He'll keep trying until the result is achieved. And at the end of it all, he'll still be there. And I think history will tell that he's one of the best center midfielders slash presidents that Manchester United slash the U S has ever had. (laughs) <laughs> and obviously he's the fourth person from Mount Rush, or uh, sorry, third person from Mount Rushmore on the team, so you can't ignore that, but he, he's the superstar. He's the one people are going to remember. Everyone else is doing work that may be a little bit under the radar, but everything great that Abraham Lincoln did, everyone knows, and he, that's why he is the talisman of the team. He's creating all the plays, and he's doing it, even with even through adversity, so I don't think there can be any questions that he has the toughness for the league, even as a creative midfielder type.
0: That's incredible. This is incredible. I am here for the uh Bruno Fernandez, uh Abe Lincoln comparisons. I'll take that every day, I'll take that all day.
2: What about you, Hope? Hey, eh? again, the, the Manchester United comparisons continue and when you're using a bunch of people from history who have probably never kicked a soccer ball in their life you can make any comparison you humanly want shout out to the chester arthur respect he reportedly had 80 pairs of pants and held the (laughs) nickname elegant arthur because of his desire to change (laughs) outfits for every occasion if that's not vermont I don't um, know
0: what else is Vermont.
3: I mean, uh, You just maybe... need one pair of fl- uh, flannel shirts and that's it. You're good.
0: <laughs> um, just to go back uh, to... I, I, both of you guys included... Both of you guys included Lyndon B. Johnson in your team. And this really just goes to show the difference in managerial philosophies and evaluating players uh, where Adrian saw it as a positive that he held meetings on the can, whereas Conlon... Uh, went the other way and thinking that uh, him holding uh, meetings uh, on the shitter is a negative. So this just goes to show that, you know, managers evaluate players in different ways and player selection matters.
3: I I think it's a positive, just not for being the man in control of the defense, I guess.
0: At
2: the bare minimum, it's a positive for your bowels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, I
3: mean, he used to work like 20 hours a day. So you kind of got to, Never stop working no matter
2: what. Yeah. And who knows? One of us might be on the shitter right now. The acoustics are great. <laughs> okay. Guys, your midfield, your midfield choices are fantastic. It's only get it's only it's only been getting better from goalkeeper to defenders to fullbacks to, to midfielders. I'm having a lot of things to think about. I have a lot of question marks on my list. There's some positions that you talked about that I haven't even filled out yet because you guys are really, really giving me a choice here. So let's make it more difficult for me. And we're going to move to the front line. I'm just going to talk about forwards in general. So including your center forward or your false nine and your wingers, Adrian, where are you going to start for me with your front line?
1: I'm going to start with my center forward, the last man on Mount Rushmore and the first man in the office. George Washington, the thing is, you know, he was a general, he led from the front, but the thing is he wasn't the best technically and tactically as a general. He wasn't amazing on the tactical sense, but he did hold up the British. And my reason for including him at center forward is because of his holdup play. And as the first president, they he was so popular, they wanted to make him King. And he said, no, in fact, two terms, that's it. So really he's going to bring all these other guys into the game. Uh, and he's big, strong. He has the physicality to do it. He has the, the leadership to do it. He's really going to set the tone from the front of the pitch. And that's where I wanted that sort of uh, commanding presence. Moving over, um, maybe my more surprising choice, because he didn't do well with the right wing, but I put Obama there. And the reason for that is, much like Conlon alluded to, I don't think there's a a president that was more dangerous from distance because there was over (laughs) 530 drone strikes in his presidency. So he's going to be able to cut in on his left foot. He's left-footed. And he's going (laughs) to, you know, he's going to drive a goal. He's going to really go for it. Uh, And then we have the NASA NASA founding. I don't think he founded it, but, you know, While it was in his presidency, Eisenhower coming in on the overlap. I thought there would be some good connection there. The other thing about Obama, for better or for worse, tactical discipline. For over a year, the Republicans refused to vote on Merrick Garland being a Supreme Court judge. He kept to his tactics. He said, no, I'm not going to use an executive order, i.e., use my talent to rush into the center of the pitch. I'm going to play where I need to play. To get the moral high ground or to get a win, uh, so he just said, "I'm going to post on Twitter every day about the amount of days they didn't." So that tactical discipline is what I wanted. I thought he could bring that to the wing. On the left wing, you know, I thought about Madison, uh, but he was only five four. I want a bit more physicality to my team. Uh, I put in Monroe. I put him on the wing because of one particular reason the Monroe Doctrine. So if you look at a map, that left side of the map, the Western hemisphere, the Monroe Doctrine says, I don't want any European incursion into this hemisphere. You come in here, maybe you have a problem with the United States. So I know that Monroe on that left wing, that left side of the map, he's gonna dominate. He's gonna make that his. And I want someone with that sense of ownership who's gonna stick to his side. Uh, and I, I feel like he's the one who's more going to get the crosses in uh, for for big George.
0: <laughs> George Washington carving up the opponent's defense.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, George Washington. Sounds like he's very dependent on his wingers. But he's got some talented wingers on his side. Conlon, you told me you're playing with a 10, aren't you? Of course you're playing with a 10. No.
3: Lincoln was the 10. Lincoln was your 10. My mistake, yeah. sorry. For okay, so you've got... Center so you... So right, I've got okay. a front three as well. So you've got
2: a front front three as well. Okay, yeah. Let me know what who do you have in your front three?
3: On um, the left wing, I have JFK. You know, every team needs that kind of flashy, young, mercurial winger. You know, they're often in the tabloids for their off-field exploits as much as they are what they're doing on the field. But he's one that actually, you know, gets it done. More of a, uh, you know, more of Ronaldo than like Ravel Morrison or something to use another, um, example, but he, I don't honestly, I don't have, I'm realizing, I think this was one of the first people I put in my team and I don't have a lot more for that, but I think this, this, the star power, he's going to sell shirts. He's going to cut in on the right, or he's going to cut in. He's a modern winger. And that's why he's playing on the same side as Obama. Cause Obama's going to be bombing forward. So Obama can get up the left flank while JFK cuts in. I guess the only question mark is how long his career is actually going to last. Is he going to flame out? We don't know. Well, we do. It probably won't last that long. But for now, he'll be, he would be the trickiest member of the team if it wasn't for my right wing, Richard Nixon. Well, I would suggest, uh, Mr. Van Oaker, that uh, if you knew the president, uh, that was probably just a facetious remark.
0: And now a word from our sponsor. I would like to take this opportunity to
3: express my fondness for a Duff beer. I'd also like to express my fondness for that particular beer. Well, he's almost certainly a cheat, and he's going to get caught, and he's probably going to get thrown out of the league. He might be doping. We don't know. While he's in the team, he's going to get results. He's going to help take the club further than they've ever gone before, up to the moon, or... You know, into the Champions League final. <laughs> He's going to help get the club out of si- sticky situations abroad. You know, he helped negotiate kind of a uh, cooling in relations with the Soviet Union, got out of Vietnam. So I think it's one of those when you actually look at what he would achieve on the right wing. He actually did quite a bit. But frankly, his legacy is going to be in tatters but it'll be for non-footballing reasons. So I think if you're looking at someone who you really need in the team, who actually get your results, Richard Nixon is that. So Excellent, I've got Jack on the left, Nixon on the right. And my main striker is Teddy Roosevelt. Now, uh, Adrian alluded to it before. He's he's willing to venture into opposition territory and you know get at defenders. He's going to make these runs in behind, whether he has support or not or whether – whether the ball's coming but he's going to be keeping these defenders busy. He was willing to recruit volunteers and head to France before the US even joined the First World War. But he can hope physically with opposition center backs, he'll give as good as he gets. He's maybe a little, he'll get in other people's faces. He's macho. He'll he kind of reminds me maybe of uh, he'll pop him in the right place at the right time, some kind of like Diego Costa or something like that. He's going to be a nightmare for defenders. And he does actually do the dirty work. Like he'll he'll do it himself. And yeah, wh- whether it's uh, the mental game or the physical side of the game, he can he can uh, compete. And some people have accused him of being a bit of a flat track bully, because I know his uh, the famous battle. God, name I'm blanking out now. San in, Juan uh, Hill. Film. Yeah, San Juan Hill. But let's be honest. They they outnumbered uh, Teddy Roosevelt outnumbered the enemy by a fairly big margin but at the end of the day he gets there's no doubting his numbers and results and there's a reason he's on Mount Rushmore you need these goals against these maybe teams that are in the bottom half of the table like uh, Lukaku he's going to do the dirty work and he's going to attack the opposition at home and abroad whether he has support or not so no matter who you have around him he's going to be getting you goals. He'll just simply deliver. Even if JFK's career ends suddenly and you need a new winger in there, Teddy will still be getting you the goals no matter what. Guys,
2: this has been incredible. (laughs) Not only have you made relations between football and American presidents, but I can clearly see through your analysis and and what you guys see in these guys, your footballing (laughs) philosophy. And do they overlap with mine? Who knows? Conlin, that mention of um, of Theodore Roosevelt being the Diego Costa of the team uh, was the first reference made all day about a possible Chelsea overlap, which would have been a great idea to get someone into my team.
1: Didn't I say that he had N'Golo Conte energy?
2: Is the second reference that was made. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Angola Conte has been on the bench for the last three matches as of recording, and I haven't seen him in a while, and I miss him. Um, but yeah, Adrian is right. Uh, so I wonder, after all of your guys' input, uh, what we're gonna do with this and how I'm gonna form my team. Uh, it's gonna take a little bit, but I'm going
0: to let you know. Thanks, guys. First of all, I have a couple things. First of all, I I am extremely impressed as someone who is not up to date with my American history. As someone who always loses the Jeopardy categories that have to do with anything U.S. presidents. As someone who is very jaded when it comes to the office, uh, what is called the highest office in the world. Um, and let's be honest, I tend to just ignore it completely. Um, I, I'm impressed. I've learned more during this recording than I did uh, throughout all my schooling. So thank you guys for that. Uh, I wanted to ask about some uh, omissions. Omissions. So maybe some honorable mentions, some people that uh, are well-known that you left out. Uh, we're going to leave out 45 because he doesn't exist. We're going to skip to 46. <laughs> and I was wondering uh, what your guys' thoughts on uh, Joe Biden, because, you know, he's a young, a young player. Uh, he's relatively new. He's uh, a, maybe a rookie. Uh, he hasn't been around the, around the while. <laughs> I was wondering what your reasoning is, if there is any uh, to, you know, leaving out a calming influence like him. Uh, from your squads? Well, I think Joe Biden belongs on the bench.
1: I mean, not any slight (laughs) against him, but clearly he's ready to step up when he's needed. Uh, He's been trying to get in the team for a long time. He just, frankly, he hasn't quite gotten there yet. Now he's at that level maybe, but he's still going to have to come off the bench to prove
0: it. Colin, quick thought on uh, Joe B.
3: I think he's a depth option for Obama. Like Obama is going to be attacking and then maybe if he gets a bit too tired or if he's carrying an injury, you put Joe in to kind of sure up the back, but let's be honest. He can probably only play a half at most. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see him going for two halves, but yeah, I, I'd have him on my bench as well. Uh,
0: you left out one of the more formidable father son combos, the bushes. I see the bushes are, uh, uh, were left out of both of your teams. Uh, I think it was also daft that you didn't include president Taft uh, and Bill Clinton. Also didn't feature in either of your squads. So if you guys had any thoughts on um, on either of them, I would love to hear them. Well, Taft Taft and Roosevelt used Teddy Roosevelt
1: used to play together, but there's some bla- bad blood there now, and I, I don't want that disturbance in the team. And if you if I'm choosing, I'm, I got to choose Teddy. He's just a better player. Uh, simple as.
3: <laughs> I nearly put uh, I nearly put W in the team for a lot of the same reasons with the, you know, opposition territory that I had Teddy, but I think Teddy just adds more to the game. Bush would always be, you know, he'd always be maybe talking about his uh, father who used to play in the league, but, you know, didn't really last all that long. Didn't really last that long. So I don't think, I don't think Bush adds as much to the game as uh, Teddy would. And, And I had them kind of competing for the same position.
1: I thought about including W, but then I thought, you know what, if I'm going to include someone i would rather go for Cheney because he's never afraid to shoot. <laughs> um, even oh. if he's not technically a president, maybe, I mean, maybe he was running the show. Uh, but then I des- I decided against it.
3: I was, I was sort of thinking about some vice presidents that could make it into the team. But um, I will say just quickly on 45, he would have been, he would have definitely been the one standing a striker staying in his offside position with his hand up waiting for the ball and then blaming the rest of the team when they don't actually pass it to him no way would he have been a good influence on the squad
0: and then hope I was complaining about a, a ch- lack of a chelsea link but i distinctly remember kepa refusing to get subbed off in a game so there's your chelsea link there hope. That's,
1: yeah that's
2: excellent and guess what happened we didn't win the penalty shootout <laughs> <laughs>
3: And he is no longer playing.
2: Oh, but he's getting paid, baby. <laughs> also, but uh... if anything, it makes sense for, <laughs> like, you know, a player like Keppa, who lets in a shit ton of goals and you three who are on the same soccer team and let in a shit ton of goals. <laughs> so, obviously, Keppa keeps right. coming up in conversation. We had
3: we had the best defense in the league before COVID. Before and... the
0: shutdown. Before the shutdown. Yeah. Uh, and unlike the Prem, our league wasn't... Um... Our league wasn't allowed to resume play, but I did get an email that XTSC is making special Valentine's Day bouquets, <laughs> which you can purchase for ten bucks or something. So uh, that is the alternative. That's why we're not playing. They're focused. They pivoted to Valentine's Day chocolate and cakes and flowers. It's an <laughs> so
3: emerging market.
2: <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for your hard work. And your research put into this fictional 11. This is a ton of fun. I, I can see us doing a lot more of this in the future. And I think uh, US presidents was a great way to start. Um, so let's, uh, let's see who wins. Let's see who has won this battle of the presidents. Is it the debatable American in Adrian? Because oh, geez. He has he was in the united states for a little while but is has lived in canada for the majority of his life or
0: and was born in canada i mean i'm not i'm not american uh, and, was
2: born, and was born in canada my mistake
0: i no i think i think you're i think you're american i'm going to choose to believe uh, q adrian is american
2: well if it's worth if it's worth anything guys i also consider oh. Conlon a debatable american because he was also born in canada
1: Newfoundland, <laughs> not canada He was also born in Canada. You were born Um, in Newfoundland in 1942 or something before he joined?
3: (laughs) What? The dominion of Newfoundland will rise again.
1: Um, He was also
2: born in Canada, and he's also spent the last 12 years of his life here in Canada, mostly. Um, 12 years? No, no, no. Sorry. Nine. Nine years. Nine. Yeah. Like nine years. Uh, So, yeah, I, I can see a lot of this going forward. So let's get to the teens who made it into my team. And I'm going to let you guys keep track of the score of who you're, who made it into my team and see who the winner is. So let's start at goalkeeper. Adrian gave me JFK and Conlon gave me FDR with the way I want to play. Maybe I want a little bit of a flashy goalkeeper, someone that's a little bit more, uh, a little more impactful. You're going to see him on the pitch and you know, goalkeepers, Sometimes they just got to get in front of the ball, whether they know it's coming or not (laughs) and rest in peace to a great man through a great tragedy, but he lives on as our goalkeeper. A fitting memorial on Chelsea FC US. JFK is my goalkeeper. Uh, Adrian, well done. We're moving to center backs. Colin, you gave me Thomas Jefferson and I really liked that shout. So I gave Thomas Jefferson a spot in my back line. So he's my first center back. And my, center, my second center back is also from Conlon's team, George Washington. George Washington, maybe I, I just, I just, you know, I can't hate Conlon's reasoning when he compares them to center backs like Rio Ferdinand and the man Vidic. Um, so Conlon, you got two points right there. And now my third center back comes from Adrian's oh. team, Abraham Lincoln. I can't think of a scarier
3: back three. <laughs> it's a lot of talent there back there.
2: Yeah, and and there you guys go. I am playing a back three. Through the, yeah, through the so, first four picks, it's two each. Yep, Two for Conlon, two for Adrian. Adrian got JFK and Lincoln into my team. Conlon got Jefferson and Washington into my team. Now, obviously, I'm playing with wing backs. And with three at the back, I'm a little less worried about defense, especially with those three at the back. At left back, Adrian got Truman into my team,
1: partially because... Oh, God. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one where I was like, you know, we have to be a little careful about what we say in terms of tastefulness. I was thinking about Truman.
2: And yeah, moving on to right wing back. um, (laughs) Conlon gave me... Conlon gave me Madison. Adrian gave me Eisenhower. For an attacking... Right wing back. I had to go with Eisenhower. Uh, he seems to just fit the role better. Um, it's like having two uh, two Roberto Carloses on 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 each side of the pitch. Uh, moving into center midfield, you guys split it here. I'm gonna give you guys that ahead of time. You guys split the vote. Conlon, you gave me Lyndon B. Johnson because they've got a double pivot in midfield and they have no support. So I took Lyndon B. Johnson from Conlon and I I took Theodore Roosevelt from Adrian. I think they're commanding force, both psychopaths. And I don't think they're going to (laughs) need... That's very true. (laughs) And I don't think they're going to need a lot of support from these wingbacks who are going to be bursting forward uh, or the, or these uh, the wingers and striker in front of them. I think they can hold the midfield by themselves with the occasional help from uh, Lincoln or Washington cutting up into the middle. Uh, moving to the front line. Uh, I hope you guys remember that I didn't give anything to footedness. Uh, so whether you guys put them on the right and left wing, I did rate them the same. Uh, so Conlon, even though you had Nixon on the right, I put Nixon on the left because I couldn't take Obama away from the right side uh, that Adrian gave me. Unfortunately, because of my formation and how I see my team, uh, I can't take any of your strikers in my position because I see them, uh, Theodore Roosevelt better in the midfield and Washington better as a center back. So I think we're going to have to come together and find an appropriate striker for my 3-4-3 3 4 3 formation. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I've, I've got a bit of a weird one. Colin, you mentioned Adams. I'm pretty sure Adams believed in like a hollow earth. So, I mean, he could sit in the hole. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> There's a thought.
0: Ope, okay, as, a, as a Chelsea fan, uh, you might be familiar with Fernando Torres, uh, who thrived in a false nine. So. Wasn't there a president who took over for someone for like f- and was in their office for like six months or something? Am I crazy? I was going to say, if we just want temporary cover, William Henry Harrison was only in the presidency for like
1: 60 days. So he's the one be, that you know,
3: died of pneumonia, right?
1: Yeah. So he might be a good stopgap solution until we get a permanent signing.
2: <laughs> and that's the Chelsea way. He is the Alexander Pato of this team. He is the Samuel Eto of this team who scored three goals against Manchester United. Uh, and that breaks it down. In terms of points, striker is a non-issue because there's no points there. Colin has four points to Adrian, six points. Adrian, congratulations. You have some strong presidents in your side. If only they played football.
1: If if I were to make one change to your team, now that I hear the way you're playing, I think I think Monroe should be on that left wing back, because he's going to cover Alaska to Argentina with his doctrine, <laughs> right? The whole hemisphere,
2: the whole hemisphere. Like you're not wrong. And when I pick wing backs, I want the Marcus Alonzos and the Victor Moseses of the world, who are going to bomb forward. And, and really make an impact. And you're not wrong. I just picked Truman uh, based on something that we're probably not going to say.
3: I've I, I had Madison in as a uh, wing back in a back three. Like he's very, def- he's basically in there as a defensive fullback. But I do think, I, th- I think he would have been perfect in your back three along with Washington and Jefferson. Wasn't Madison 5'4? Yeah, but he's good on the ball.
2: As a man who's. Seen- people
3: were shorter back then.
2: People were shorter back then. You're not yeah. wrong. I've just seen way too much of teams sending the ball to the far side to attack Cesar's Pelicueta on crosses. And I just can't, I can't put myself through it. I can't put my team through that.
1: Yeah. He, he was also president during 1812. So, you know, the white house got burned. I respect
3: yeah.
0: um, as much uh, as I respect Conlin pleading his case as the uh, humble um, loser in this particular situation. Uh, as we've seen from recent real-world developments, uh, what's done is done. When <laughs> when the victor has been picked, uh, the victor has been picked. Um, if you want to send a mob of crazy, angry white people to my front door, then uh, feel free. Uh, after the final score, uh, Adrian has emerged as winner. His team of U.S. presidents was judged to be the best and the most more of his uh, players were picked for the ultimate winning squad chosen by Hope. Uh, Adrian, do you have any words? Any, uh, any, what is your victory speech? How will you be addressing the nation uh, as winner of this fictional pop culture 11?
1: Listen, we all have to come together. Partisanship is rife and it's a, it's terrible for our democracy. So I just wanna say uh, how much fun I had discussing this with Conlin, And I really liked some of your picks. Uh, well, all your picks. I don't know what I'm saying. I liked all your picks. The only thing I was like, oh, Abraham Lincoln's gotta be a CB. That's all I felt. I felt that very strongly. I so him. I know. So I, I felt like I won already. Yeah. Um, but I do like Jeff the Jeffersonian center back too. That's a great inspired pick.
0: All right, and with that, uh, thank you for everyone here at Soccer Group Chat, uh, for the uh, voting public, Christian Hoppe, for uh, one of the sides, Conlon Prasad-Jones, for the winning side, Adrian, and myself, Nicholas Sacco, Speaker of the House. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next month for our next Pop Culture 11, which we're not sure yet what it's going to be, but stay tuned for updates. Thanks for listening.